What is up, everybody? We have 10 minutes with my good friend, Mr. Jim, and Brennan Brennick, one of the great instructors down at the Vortex Edge facility. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that Brennan is across from me, and Jim is across from me as well. The reason for that setup is because I don't want to be in the line of dry fire. That's right. We're going to talk about dry fire. How'd you like that, Jim? Nice. We're going to talk about dry firing today. Brennan, you are an expert instructor, expert pistol shot, and you do a ton of dry firing. So maybe initially, walk us through, like, what's the why behind dry firing? Why would somebody even want to do that with a pistol? Sure, absolutely. So first thing, basic kind of uh, description of dry fire. Dry fire is simply practicing with a gun without any ammunition off the range. Okay, so you've got your range time. Obviously, we know uh, ammo is pretty expensive. Um, so if we want to get in a lot more reps at a much lower cost, practically free, we can do that off the range. So that could be in your basement, your garage, in your living room, wherever you want. Um, the only thing is, really, we're just making sure we clear it out. So obviously, there's no chance of, of an accidental discharge. Um, but then other than that, we can practice a lot of different things. We can kind of get into that. Yeah. So um, dry firing, like you mentioned, first and foremost, safety is a primary concern. So generally speaking, you guys will always recommend don't even have live ammunition in the same room Correct. as you are dry firing, which in this case we are, well, we've got some some displays over here on the bookcase. but we've decorative. Been decorative. We've been extra extra certain here in this case that uh, Brennan's firearm that he brought along is completely uh, rendered safe at this point. So Brennan, dry firing, I feel like it's getting more and more popular, but I yep. kind of at first there, people kind of gave it a bad rap sometimes. You're like, oh, well, you know, it's not actually real practice because there's not a, you know, the gun's not recoiling and you're not having that movement and sight picture interruption, sort, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And what really is the main benefit of it? And, and then we can dive into how you do it because you do it a lot. Sure. So to me, the main benefit of dry fire is allowing myself to get a lot of reps under kind of the category of what I'd say maybe gun handling mechanics, okay. right? So obviously I'm not going to get repetitions of the gun recoiling, so I can't work on recoil control, but almost everything else is something that I can work on in dry fire. So that might include draws from a holster or uh, ready ups with a rifle, uh, practicing my reloads, practicing basic manipulation. So a lot of times new gun owners might have a hard time uh, just figuring out how to load and unload their gun safely. You can practice that in dry fire. With some, with some dummy rounds maybe. Um, so there's a lot of things there where we don't actually have to be on the range getting live fire feedback uh, to get a lot out of, out of dry fire. I think some of the bad rap came from too, people can get pretty sloppy in dry fire if it's not purposeful. Mm. So it is, I try to approach it as an actual training time as seriously as I would approach a range session. It's, it's not something that's just super flippant. Um, it's not just playing with guns. It's actually practicing real things, keeping track of what you're practicing, that type of thing. How do you know? So let's just let's take dry firing, literal marksmanship. So like kind of slow firing. You're not trying to like draw and shoot real quick or something like that. I know that's some of the stuff you guys will do. But you're just, you're just practicing your trigger press. Sure. Like how do you even know if, okay, yeah, that would have been, with live ammunition, a really good trigger press. That, that was my big question, because you're talking about you know the gun recoiling and those things, but you're not getting that feedback of the impact to know, well, did it go where I wanted it to go? Yeah. Correct, correct. So, so we call that process shot calling, right? Knowing that when we pulled the trigger based off of where our sights were, whether or not that would be a good hit. We use shot calling in live fire, and essentially all of dry fire is an exercise in shot calling. So what I want to do, first of all, after I've made sure that my gun is clear, 
what I'll do is I'll actually present the gun to the target, right? And I'll get my sights on target, okay? So I'm, I'm auditing my grip. I'm making sure my grip is set in and I get my dot on what I want to shoot. I might use something like uh, one of these dry fire targets. These are just scaled down versions of what we actually use at the range. I might just tape this to my wall. Um, and I might put that up there and then I can just actually just aim my gun at the target. And what I want to do is once my grip is set in and everything, my dots on the target, I've identified kind of that, that wobble zone is like what we call it, where my dot is kind of moving around. I'll try to get that stabilized as much as possible. And then I'm simply going to break the shot without moving the gun at all. And if the dot moves off line when I actually pull the trigger, I would know that in live fire, it would, it would behave the same way. That gun would actually have moved uh, before the trigger press goes. So I'm essentially just trying to make sure that my sights are there, make sure that I can press the trigger without moving the gun off target. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's, that's pretty much the gist of it. I can reset my trigger by just uh, cycling the slide. I can get back on my trigger and just make sure that it's not moving. If we see kind of this business, right? Mm -hmm. Then that's going to translate over to live fire. That's, that is something we see in classes a lot is, uh, you know, people struggling with that pre-ignition push or that flinch or anticipation. Um, so that is definitely something you can actually work out in dry fire. And in classes, we actually incorporate some of that to help people get over um, that particular issue. Right. And I feel like if you're actually doing all the mechanics right of presenting the firearm, having a good grip mechanics, and then also having a good trigger press and all that, being in the right stance, I feel like the recoil control, I don't want to say that it just sort of just comes naturally. You don't have to work that at all with live fire. But I feel like where people get worried about recoil control, like they kind of make this big deal about it because, oh, the pistol's going to go off, it's going to move, it's going to recoil and all this. It's like, well, if you're holding it right, it should just kind of go, like it's not going to fly out of your hand first off. And right. it should just kind of wind up resting on or very back to near being on target again, right? Exactly, exactly. Once we've once we've set in that grip, we have to trust that our grip and then the structure behind our grip is going to return that gun to zero. So from where we started. So if we if we build that grip up and we are going to press that trigger, maybe we just try to press it really aggressively with our finger all the way out um, at the front of the trigger guard and just push all the way through. I should see a little bit I might see a little bit of extra movement and I might know, okay, my grip was not tight enough because my two hands need to overpower the movement that just my trigger finger is providing. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So that's a good way to audit my grip. Oh, so Again, case, gripping nice and hard and then just pressing that trigger really aggressively. All right, so I didn't get any movement there. So purposely I would know that that grip would be pretty solid. Purposely slapping the trigger. Purposefully slapping the trigger. How it's almost you. like grip is it's a nice maybe the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Almost like grip. It's like your, uh, <laughs> it's like uh, your, like the door and face technique. You're going like extreme, yeah, to like find out exact like where you want. Like if you can do it in yeah. that extreme scenario, you know, like when you're actually going to do it the way you are supposed to, that's going to be great. That's a good point. Yep, that's the first time I'd seen that. Yep, that's not really the door and face thing. That's completely different. What but is that's the, what I've never, I've never heard, heard of door and face. It's like uh, it's like a marketing thing. Like if I said uh, to you, Jim, I tell you what. I need you to give me a million dollars. And then you would be like, a million dollars? Are you insane? And you slam the door. And I'd say, hey, you know what? Oh. How, about like ten, how about 10 bucks? And you're like, well, that seems reasonable. Oh, yeah. What I used to do when my I really wanted ten, yeah, I really yeah. just wanted $10. Yeah. But yeah. that's completely Can I different. have $50 to go to the movie? No. How about 10 Fine. I actually feel bad that we wasted part of our 10 minutes on this. You know what? It's all right. We uh, waste a lot of our 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Brennan, at one point, you know, you're, you were talking earlier about, you know, a person, you know, practicing and kind of, you know, maybe they're in somewhat the beginning of their learning how to shoot a pistol mm -hmm. journey. But like, 
Does a person need to really, really work on some of those fundamentals before they start dry firing? No. In fact, I would say it would be the opposite. I think that the very first thing you should do is dry fire. And in fact, that's what we start like our intro classes with is a bunch of dry fire. Because if we can take away that uh, that scary recoil, the gun going off Mm -hmm. in in tight quarters. Yeah, uh, that puts people at ease when we show them, hey, all we're going to do is we're going to press the trigger like this. And they just hear that little click and they go, oh, that's all. Okay. And so then they actually get to focus on their grip. They actually get to focus on maybe if they're new to shooting red dots, they get to figure out a new aiming system. Mm-hmm. Um, they can also practice loading and unloading their firearm, right? So uh, these are these are dummy rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can have them practice loading their handgun, right? Unloading the handgun, ejecting rounds, locking their slide back and things like that. So Mm -hmm. you can familiarize yourself with with firearms at a very basic level just using something like dummy rounds. Again, you can get a feel for your trigger, understand Mm -hmm. where that trigger breaks. You can find the wall on your trigger. You can find that breaking point. You can reset it. You can get really familiar with your firearm before you ever take it to the range. And in fact, that's what that's what we kind of recommend people to do. Yeah, Yeah, I like that a lot. And And I imagine side alignment and having that your dot or your sights not move or or being able to tell that they're not moving when you're making that trigger press is a big indicator that you probably are doing things right or headed in the right direction. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I also, I mean, if you ever get a new gun too, I think it's such a good idea to dry fire it before you start sticking ammo in it and shooting live because then you know what that hold trigger press to the rear is like. I mean, I know that's a big thing. Like, you you know, like you go to the range and you're shooting long range with a bunch of guys who have precision rifles and they have like 0.5 ounce triggers or something like that. You got to just breathe on the trigger and it goes off. It's like, yeah, usually it's kind of like, let's dry fire this first because otherwise I'm going to stick a bullet in it. It's going to go off way before you ever thought it would. Yep. You're not going to even understand what just happened. It, it prepares you for what you're about to do. But I've seen so many people come through our intro level classes do a lot of dry fire. They really start to understand the mechanics. And then all of a sudden, it's it's almost like when you put a, a real live round in there and everyone's ready for that, they've they've kind of, they feel more confident because they're like, I know what is going to happen. I still, this might still be uncertain to me when the gun goes off, but, you know, these guys here say I should be good. I feel confident. I kind of know how the trigger is going to break. And honestly, I'll oftentimes get people who've never shot a pistol before hitting 10 rings. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I again, I think it starts with a familiarization of something that maybe doesn't carry so much, you know, scary factor yeah. uh, from right from the beginning. I think, yeah, I mean, you, you're talking about like just all the, you know, grip and manipulation and things like that. You've eliminated so many, I guess, of those unknowns that now there's just there's kind of just this one thing left. Yeah. Instead of like all these things at the same time. Exactly. Brendan, let's go into real quick, though. So one of the things that I've seen that can happen with dry fire, uh, you brought it up a little bit earlier. Some people get sloppy with it, and you start to just be like, you know, okay, my brain knows there's not going to be any recoil here, so I'm not really holding the gun that, you know, properly. I'm kind of just, like, going through it lazy. I know how to pull the trigger and make the sights not move when there's nothing live in the gun. And then you get to live fire, and you're like, you know, you start shooting bigger round or bigger groups you're throwing rounds or you're inducing this pre-ignition push because now your brain is like oh it's the real thing now i'm really amping up for this round that's about to go off and then a lot of times what we see is you know to most people it's unexplainable because an explosion happens in their face really quick but they're doing that you know yep how do you sort of train your brain to 
no, okay, I have to be in the zone for dry fire. And when it comes to live fire, like, you know, like where you're not actually cheating, so to speak. Yeah. So I think for me, that starts with a a respect of what we're doing. Um, So it's not just playing with guns, like I said. So it's I approach it as a as a training time, the same way the same way I would approach live fire training time. So I'm going to pick up the gun. I'm going to make sure it's clear. I'm going to I'm going to follow my safety uh, rules. Um, Obviously, I know the status of my weapon, so I am going to aim it at something maybe that I wouldn't normally put a hole in. uh, But I do know that it's for sure clear. So I'll choose a backstop that doesn't have people right behind it, maybe a cement wall or something like that. And I'll use that as my backstop. And then I will start then I'll start working. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make sure that I am being really honest with myself. So it's important to also live fire um, so that we know hey, this is about the, t- the the amount of grip pressure that I need when I live fire. I want to try to replicate that in dry fire. Um, it's you can you can look pretty good, but not actually be squeezing the gun right. um, when you're dry firing. And I think maybe almost kind of that Instagram culture of hey, let's try to do something really flashy and get a lot of likes um, can play the, into that a little bit. Point. <laughs> yeah, do something flashy, get a lot of likes. Correct. Yeah, yeah yes, for sure. Yes, for I sure. Like that. Let's do that. Um, but it's it's gonna it's gonna kind of boil down to you being honest with yourself, and so it's something that you have to take between dry fire and the live range and be able to just kind of validate. And so if I'm working on my draw and just my first shot, I'm gonna make sure that my grip is nice and tight when I pull the trigger. The sights don't move, and I'm gonna make sure it's that way every single time so that I'm not yeah. getting lax. And when I hit the live range, if I come out and I'm not holding the gun very tightly and I start pulling the trigger and my recoil control is terrible, I know that I've probably been slacking on that grip. In, okay. In in dry fire, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I mean, it sounds like you're you know super super intentional with your dry fire practice. Like take it as seriously as actual range time. Do you yeah. ever find like do you have to like self regulate? Like maybe you've been dry firing for a certain amount of time and you can feel yourself even maybe getting a little bit fatigued from that, getting a little bit lazy, and you're like you know what now it's time to just like put it down for a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. So dry fire for me is a very mentally taxing thing as well as a physically taxing thing. So after I get done with like maybe 30, 40 minutes of dry fire, my hands are smoked, right? Because I've been gripping that pistol as hard as I would be as if I was shooting as fast as I could, right? So mm-hmm. I'm gripping it the same way every single time. I'm paying attention to every single thing. It would be the equivalent of shooting for 30 or 40 minutes uh, live rounds. Yeah, so, you guys all have crazy man grip. <laughs> we well, grip pistols a lot, you know. So well, and so actually, that's what I was going to bring up, and I hadn't thought about it, you know, contextually this way before. But you're essentially exercising, absolutely. You know, yeah. and mm. you know, physically and mentally. Yeah. But you know, like you said, it takes a certain amount of grip pressure. It's going to take more when that firearm actually goes off. I mean, you're you're exercising mm. all those muscles that you're going to be using to hold that pistol during the live fire at the same yeah. time. Exactly. And speaking of like exercise and athletics, I mean, every sport I can think of does, I'll call it dry fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like football, walkthroughs, basketball, walkthroughs, boxing, shadow boxing. I mean, you know, it's like track. Not every track practice do you go out and sprint 200 meters. You know, it's like every every form of athletics will isolate things or do things essentially dry in order to me- mentally prep yourself for when you're going to do it live. Let me ask one more because I know we're, uh, you know, Mark, we love going over 10 minutes. <laughs> one more thing here, though. Okay, so when you... Rack the slide manually yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. You get one trigger press because it's not live. It's There's not a round in there to cycle the action for you and get that trigger prepped again to then break again. So yep. are you only... I'm, this is a softball. I know the answer, but I'll throw it out there for you. Are you only ever practicing drills where you're essentially, shoot, quote, shooting one shot? Or can you practice 
where, you know, oh, I would, this is what I would do if I was like transitioning between multiple targets. You know, you're only going to get one trigger break. Sure. Yeah. So a couple ways around that. Um, one, if you stop shooting Glocks and you start shooting MNPs, uh, MNPs actually have an articulating trigger even after you've broken that first shot. So for me, I can, I can practice that Mr. trigger MNP. pull kind of all the way through. Somebody's with uh, a Glock, fucking the trend down a, there a little bit. Kinda, yeah, with a Glock, there's actually a way around it to where if I fold up a little piece of paper or cardboard or even a little piece of a zip tie and drop my slide on that and keep the slide slightly out of battery, I'll get the same effect where I can move my trigger back and forth. Um, so that is helpful. The other thing is... For me, with dry fire, uh, with multiple shots, I'm not focusing so much on the actual trigger press. Um, that is something I feel like I can rep out in a live fire pretty well or with single with single trigger presses. What I'm more focused on is what I'm seeing. And so I'm more focused on my dot in the A zone, dot in the A zone, dot in the A zone. Okay. Right, and I might pause a little bit longer to maybe replicate two shots. I might I might just move my finger actually just like this, sure. right? So I'm just moving my finger on each target. Um, you can do any one of those things. For me, like practicing transitions, it's all mostly a visual exercise. And so I'm mm. going to pay most most of my attention to to what I'm seeing versus the actual mechanics of, of pressing the trigger. Got it. Gotcha. All right. Cool. I got I got one more. We've talked a little bit Why about not, Just don't go over 20 not, minutes. We're not going to go over 20 for minutes. For crying now out you're loud, like, Now Mark. we're at risk. We're talking about dots on pistols. We've, we've talked about the benefits of dots on pistols a lot. When you're dry firing, is there is it easier to see, I guess, okay, how do I phrase this? Now we're going to go over, you got me rattled, Jim. Is it easier to see if you like made like a poor or good shot with a dot versus like maybe standard irons? Absolutely, absolutely. So one of the first things that people talk about when they switch from irons to a red dot, they talk about how much movement they see in the dot. Mm -hmm. And one thing we tell them right away is, hey, you had the same exact amount of movement with your iron sights. Iron sights are just a lot thicker, and so you don't see that movement showing up as much as you do with like a two or a three MOA dot, right? Um, and so when they're looking at that dot, it's moving a lot more, and so they're actually going to, it's just showing, it's exposing more of what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, that shows them, hey, I could actually stand to maybe try to figure out how to hold this gun a little bit more still. Um, or if they if they take a shot and maybe they did push, it's a lot easier to see that that dot actually went to a certain spot on the target before they broke the trigger. And they would see, hey, that dot moved like this down into the left when I pulled the trigger. And so I know that shot would have gone there. It's kind of hard to see that with iron sights if it's yeah. just that, that front sight moving. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, you're sure. effectively getting more feedback or met more data to to know exactly what happened when you're trying to execute that shot. For exactly. sure. And All right, then Mark, ultimately becoming there. a better shooter. All right, guys. You we're, got it out there. We're just sub 20. Go out there, dry fire, get some exercise. Thank you, Brennan. Thank you, Jim. We'll catch you on the next one. Lovely. Bye, guys. See you guys. Bye.